You're listening to the teaching of Calvary Paris. For more information, go to www.calvaryparis.com. Nehemiah chapter 3 specifically is where we're going to be as we move through this study of Nehemiah chapter by chapter, verse by verse, as we seek to do here at Calvary Chapel Paris. And if you're taking notes today, the title for today's message is Working Together. Working Together. You can find the study guide on the church app. You can also follow along with the screens behind me. But before we get into the Word, it does us well to remind ourselves as we're studying the book of Nehemiah, how it breaks down, as well as the themes that are within it, so we know where we're at within the study, as well as what we are studying and hope to see from it. We know from chapters 1 to 7 that we see the rebuilding of a city, where Nehemiah, our main character, is going to lead a company of Jews back to and in Jerusalem to take on simply the rebuilding physically of the walls there in Jerusalem. And we saw that started last week, and we're going to continue to see that as a primary theme of our text today and all the way through chapter 7. But then after that, we see not just the rebuilding of a city, but the restoring of a people in chapters 8 through 13, where once the walls are up, once they complete the rebuilding project, then comes the restoring of God's people to the Lord, a a restoration of God's people through the teaching of God's word, as well as through repentance in the hearts of the people. We're going to see that in chapters 8 through 13. And all along the way through the book of Nehemiah, we see multiple themes that stick out for us. The overarching themes are that of rebuilding and restoring and also that of living life on mission, how God calls people to mission, to live for him and to work for him in this world. But certain things come along with that, such as the reality of burden that precedes and accompanies mission all the way. We saw that with Nehemiah in chapter one. As he heard about the work that was needed to be done in Jerusalem, he gained a burden from the Lord to go and to do that work. And that is the same for us. God burdens us for things that are in front of us And so we should seek to walk in them with the Lord, praying all the way. Which is another thing, another theme of this book is that prayer is essential to living on mission. We can't live for the Lord and walk according to how he wants us to walk without talking to him, without having conversation. And we see Nehemiah exemplify that for us throughout all of the text. Another thing specifically today that we're going to see is mission. What means work. Mission means work, sometimes hard work, sometimes work that stretches us and we need to be flexible in so as to do the work that God's calling us to. And always, always what we need to know, though we don't like it, is a repetitive theme that we see in Ezra and Nehemiah and we'll continue to see through the Bible is that mission brings opposition. Again, we don't like to see that. We don't like to hear that, but that's the truth. Living the Christian life is not an easy life. As you choose the Lord, you choose a side. And as you step out for the Lord, you will face opposition from our enemy as well as from the flesh. And thankfully, what we know is that though opposition comes, well, God is with us in the fight. The entire way, God is with us. And picking up where we left off last week here in the book of Nehemiah, we have again Nehemiah burdened for the work in Jerusalem. He has made his way by the king's permission as well as he says because of the good hand of his God upon him. He's made it safely from Persia to Jerusalem. And he has the supplies that he needs, the documents in hand so as to acquire more supplies. And he has done the important work we saw last week of viewing the wall. He assessed the work that was before him so that he can know how to more specifically go about doing and leading this building project. And we saw that last week in chapter 2. 
We saw that Nehemiah surveyed the damage and now is prepared. And we, we saw last week was to kick off the work. And we did end with that last week where the building of the wall started in Jerusalem. As those saw that indeed there was, they were a reproach and they were in, in distress with the walls torn down. And so the people under the example and the leadership of Nehemiah, they set their hands, we saw, to the good work of rebuilding the walls. And of course, along with the building, we saw immediately, immediately the opposition coming from three main characters that we're going to see throughout this book. A man by the name of Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem, who come as soon as the hammer falls, they come and they seek to oppose the work. And we saw Nehemiah answer them appropriately. But today, as we come to chapter 3, and if you've read ahead, as I've been encouraging you to do, as the title of our study indicates, we're going to see the people working together, working together to build the walls of Jerusalem and to again reestablish themselves as a people with a city that is secure. And as we make our way through the chapter, though admittedly we are not going today read the entire chapter, though I encourage you to do so on your own, we are going to be highlighting some various verses and draw out from chapter 3 parallels and application dealing with our working with the Lord as we see these working for the Lord here in chapter 3. So I'll explain more as we move forward. Let's go ahead and get into the text. We're going to read just a few verses. We're going to pray one more time and then we'll move into it. Because verse 1 says, Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priests, and built the sheep gate. And they consecrated it and hung its doors. They built as far as the Tower of the Hundred, and they consecrated it. And then as far as the Tower of Hanel. And then next to Eliashib, the men of Jericho built. Next to them, Zakur, the son of Imri, built. Also, the sons of Hassanah built the fish gate. They laid its beams. They hung its doors with bolts and bars. And next to them, Merimoth, the son of Urijah, the son of Koz, he made repairs. Next to them, Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, the son of Mishezebel, made repairs. And next to them, Zadok, the son of Bana, made repairs. And verse 5 says, next to them, the Tekoites made repairs, but their nobles did not put their shoulders to the work of their Lord. And we're going to stop right there and pray one more time before we move forward. God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Lord, again, for the opportunity that we've had to worship you, the opportunity, Lord, that we have now to continue worshiping you with the study of your word. And I pray that God, as we do so, that you would speak to us, you would lead us, you would guide us, you would help us. And you would be that Holy Spirit that teaches us, Lord, the deep things of God, that teaches us the truth of your word. And I'm so thankful that in your kindness, you've given us the Bible, and Lord, we can pray expectantly for you to move and to speak to us. And we just thank you for that, Lord, giving you all the glory today, because it is yours to have, and we ask that you'd be with us in this time. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, what we just read there, again, in the first five verses of this chapter is really the spirit of what you will see within this chapter. Whereas you read the chapter on your own, perhaps today or tomorrow, and I know that you're going to do that because you all need to do so, you will notice as you read some 40 names that will stick out to you. These individuals that are building physically along the wall. Along with the 40 names are some 42 groups of people that they are belonging to, and they are there building the wall, working, as the title says, together. You'll also notice 10 distinct gates that are being built, that are being restored. They're the gates you know in Jerusalem were torn down. They were burned with fire. 
And so we see in this chapter, the gates being hung there and set in their place. And along with all of that, you will see the word repairs some 35 times as you move throughout this chapter, as that is exactly what has been undertaken. And like any other list of names, chapters that hold names or genealogies within the Bible that we've encountered as we've studied the Bible together, I I don't intend to read today all those names to you. I can't pronounce most of them, so I'm not going to embarrass myself. But also, too, what I see about these names here is really all that we see here within this chapter. The fact that they are on the wall building the part of the wall that they're building. That's great that they're doing that. I just can't expound on them specifically. And so it's up to you to read those names and do your best later on. But what we're going to do is taking the account of this project and what Nehemiah records for us here, we can, like I said, discover some truths from this text that we can see in our own lives as we are called to, again, work together for the Lord as well. And what I want us to notice is something really for the, from the overall theme of this chapter is that this work required something. It required a few things, really. But what the work requires, last week we saw Nehemiah, again, go out to assess the work. He went out to see what this work was going to require. And he received all of the official documents that he needed for the supplies and, as he came from Persia. And now he is ready to build the wall. He's ready to get to it. He's ready to set men. He's ready to be the leader, the project manager of this project. And he knew as he assessed the wall, as he prayed to the Lord, what this work needed. He knew that this work needed a few things, not just physical, but the administrative needs as well as the spiritual. And it's those two things, the administrative and the spiritual needs that I want us to hone in on because they are true and needed in the work of God today as well. Let's talk for a minute about administration. You've got this city here, this city that spans hundreds of acres that the wall around it is over two miles in length. And here, Nehemiah, he's got teams of people. We see the names listed here that are along these walls, scattered about over a course of some two miles, who are building the walls, who are repairing the gates, of which, as you read this text, none of them ever are called masons. Like, there's never any indication that there are masons that are along the wall here. And we'll talk more about that in a moment. But we see Nehemiah, he's set people on the wall. He's received permission and papers of needs of supplies from the king in Persia. And all of that needs to be inventory, needs to be accounted for, so as to be ready for the distribution on the wall so that the work can continue. And this was a work of God and God's people's moving. But there was an administration that was needed to take place. It had to be planned. And understand that that is not something that is often talked about, but is vastly important to the ministry, to the work of God. It is important to be one who sees that administration, that planning, that leadership within the church, it's absolutely needed. And we see that here exemplified by Nehemiah. He knew the work was expensive. He knew it was going to be expensive. And so he took the steps to make sure it was ready to go so as to see the job done right and see it done well. And that's not unlike what we seek to do here at Calvary Chapel Paris. Indeed, as the pastor here, I get to be in leadership with and over this church, but it's not just all on me. There are other leaders within this church, and all of that leading requires administration. It requires planning so as to make sure that things that we want to do here, from services to events, that they're done right and they're done well, and Jesus is glorified in all of it. And that takes planning. It absolutely does. The work on the wall required administration and leadership to be provided, but secondly, the work had spiritual needs as well. And I don't put this second so as to say that it's less important than administration. I'm a very administrative type of guy. I like budgets and spreadsheets. I don't know why. I just really do. I don't put this second because it's less important. I put it second so I can spend more time on it. 
Because understand, the spiritual needs of the work of God is so important. In this rebuilding of the wall, it was a work of God being done through God's people. Nehemiah knew it, Eliashib knew it, who we just read about, and no doubt others on the wall knew it as well. They knew the reality. They knew really firsthand what the psalmist in Psalm 127.1 was saying when he said, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. And unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. See, this was a work of the Lord and they needed the Lord to help them in building the wall. In building and making repairs, they knew they needed to give the work to the Lord continually. And we see that exemplified for us here in these first few verses with the high priest Eliashib. We see that it said there that they built the sheep gate, the gate that it starts with and ends with within this chapter, that they built it, they hung it, and then they consecrated it. Also too, it says that they built the wall into the next gate and that they consecrated that as well. And that word consecrated there is one that's important for us to hone in on because what it simply means there is to give it over to the Lord, to dedicate it to God. Eliashib here, Nehemiah, and others that we're going to see throughout this work, they knew that as they worked on the wall, they they were working physically, though they were leaning into it, getting sweaty and dirty and swinging hammers, that this was not just a work of the flesh, but a work of the Lord. And they needed to give it continually back to God. They had to hand it over to him, which in the work of the ministry and working and living life for the Lord, we need to do as well. Everything that we would seek to do for God, we need to say, God, I'm doing this for you, no matter what it may be. No matter if it's physical work or the spiritual work of praying or and seeking the Lord or reading your Bible or teaching a Bible study, whatever it may be, you need to, I need to give the work to God. And that's what we see here. And the theme of Nehemiah that we constantly mention is that we are called to mission. To mission. We are called to work for the Lord, to live for him, and to see him glorified in this world. And to do that, we need to constantly seek him, to be praying. Again, burden and prayer, they always accompany mission. But also, too, God gives us a brain. He gives us a brain to think through how things need to be done. And so what we have to have is a balance, a balance of knowing, God, I need to physically do something. Also, to God, I need to consistently seek you out and hear your voice. And we see that here in the work on the wall. The work on the wall required both, and the work of the Lord here today requires both as well. And I do want you to understand that no amount of planning ever makes up for the prayer that needs to accompany it. That, that, that is a truth that we will always understand. However, planning is still important. And no amount of administration is ever going to amount to what God has planned. It won't administrate God's way if we're not giving it completely to him. So we must, as God's people working for the Lord, seek to do both, seek him out, and plan how we're going to walk with him. And then getting back to the text, having seen that and really understanding that that's what is required for the work here, as we get back, we hone in on more of what we read there, what we will read as we see the work required. But also too, reading the verses that we just did and moving further, we also see the work itself. And the work itself involves several things that really we see starting with Eliashib. But as we skip around with some verses today, which is what we're going to do, because again, these names here, I'm just not going to read them all. What we're going to see is that this work required several things. It involves several things that so too does the work of God involve today as well. See, we're told first that Eliashib, the high priest, that he rose up in verse 1 with his brethren to do the work. There to hang the sheep gate, to consecrate it, and to continue building. And he's just one example, understand, of several that we see who shows us that the work, well, it firstly involved everyone. 
It, in fact, necessitated everyone's participation, even in the guys who were in leadership there within society. The first thing that we see is that everyone, they pitched in to this work. And that is something that this work involved that also to the work of the ministry involves as well. You know, you'll notice as you read the chapter that the names of the persons that are, that are working, that right after it says, and then next to that person, next to, and next to, and next to, we have this list of people. You can picture them along the wall, strung out across two miles worth of wall. They're rebuilding together. And understand that everyone was needed for this project. Everyone was needed to pitch in. No matter the status of the person in that society, there needed to be participation. And Eliashib, the high priest, is a great example to kick it all off. The high priest there in Jerusalem, he was an important figure. As he there would have had duties that he needed to fulfill in the already rebuilt temple. Remember, Ezra has already happened. The temple has been rebuilt. The sacrificial system and services, that has been reestablished. And so Eliashib here, the high priest, well, he has some jobs to do there in the temple, some important jobs, such as interceding for the people, such as atoning for the people's sins, such as, so as going in and giving sacrifices and offerings to the Lord. In fact, they had set it up within, within the nation of Israel. God had set it up, in fact, that the high priest, well, a lot of physical labor, such as what he's doing on the wall, well, that wasn't what he did. In fact, they would make special garments for them so as to be able to keep them cool and refreshed and able to move as they worked there in the temple. But Eliashib here, the high priest, this important man in Israel, well, he's slinging a hammer. He's throwing mud onto the wall. He is working there amongst the people. And so too, as you read through the rest of the chapter, you see more who are in leadership. In verse 9, you have this man, Rephi, the son of Hur. The Bible says that he was leader of half the district of Jerusalem. But he's there making repairs. He's working and he's doing, and there's others throughout as well. In verse 14, I really like this guy. There in verse 14, it says, yeah, I'm not going to do it. The son of Recheb, leader of the district of Beth Hasirim, he repaired, get this, the refuse gates. And he built it and hung its doors with its bolts and its bars. The refuse gate. We don't have those around here because the refuse goes underground in our city. But here in, in Israel, the refuse gate, well, this is the trash gate. This is the dump gate. And you've got this leader of a district here who's like, all right, well, that's, that's where I need to be. And he's building there the gate. He's working. He saw the necessity of the work that was involved. And he said, I'll take the dump gate. I'll go there. The work involved everyone. It necessitated everyone to put in their work. And notice that Nehemiah made a note of where they were working. He also noticed made a work, and there in verse 5, of those that abstained from the work. And there's not a lot of that that you see throughout this, throughout this chapter, but the ones that do, these nobles of the Tekoites, well, it says that they did not put their shoulders to the work of the Lord. And what I like about that is not that Nehemiah just throws them under the bus, but that it is a reality that those who work for the Lord, the Lord notices. Those that don't, the Lord also notices that as well. And it's not for us to heap judgment upon them necessarily. They'll answer to the Lord for that one day. However, this is a, is a subtle exhortation of sorts to see here within the text that, hey, there are many who are working within the kingdom of God, who are working in the work of God. And those that aren't, well, they're made sure to be made note of. The Lord notices those things. So the work involved and needed to involve everyone, it also involved and necessitated another thing, and that is flexibility in the builders. And for this, I want you to look with me at verse 8. 
Verse 8 there, it says, Next to him, Uziel, the son of Harahiah, one of the goldsmiths, he made repairs. And also next to him, Hananiah, one of the perfumers, made repairs. And they fortified Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. You know, I mentioned a moment ago that there is no mention of masons along the wall. You've got priests, you've got leaders of districts, so you could say government officials. You have one guy in verse 12 who brings his daughters to the job. And then you've got the Nethanim that we saw back in Ezra there in verse 26. These are the water carriers that were there within the temple. They're working on the water gate, which is appropriate. But again, there's no masons. There's never a mention that you have this guy who's the mason master who's there just working and going with the work. In fact, the text shows us there's no masons, but it makes sure to highlight, did you notice in that verse, goldsmiths and perfumers. Goldsmiths and perfumers. You gotta, you gotta just think about this guy. He should have been on the refuse gate, honestly. That would have been the better place for him. But what we know about this guy is that, and again, I don't know what all goldsmithing and perfuming in that time entailed, but I can imagine it wasn't much in the same vein as masonry. I can imagine that crushing, you know, things and extracting oil from flowers and plants so as to create perfumes, well, that would go really in line with with masonry and building a wall. I'm sure his wall, his portion of the wall smelled awesome, but I'm sure that he was out of his comfort zone. This work involved everyone, but it also involved flexibility as those who were working on the wall, well, they were going to be stretched. They were going to be out of their comfort zone and they needed to be in the work so that the work could get done. The work necessitated that these men and women from different lives and lifestyles, they'd be flexible and willing to work. And that's the next thing that we see. And that is, again, a willingness to work, which as you read this chapter, you see a, a lot of. As you read this chapter, you see a willingness. There's a number of people represented in this text who go for it with God. Again, there's 40 names that are there listed for us as working on the wall, but they are just representatives of a group, a representative of, of a whole that is there working and moving, who are willing to work in jobs that they've never done before, that they're unfamiliar with, that is a large, hard job. And also, too, that is constantly facing opposition. Again, just last week, we saw as soon as the, the work started, they put their tool belts on and their hard hats and they're headed out to the job site. And there's our three guys who are like, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing? You're not going to be able to build that wall. And in fact, next week in chapter four is really when the opposition ramps up. And we're going to see the work opposed heavily. But even so, there is a willingness that we notice to work. And the work on the wall involves these men and women being willing to work, being willing to do what they needed to do. And lastly, what we see the work involving is care. See, the people who were rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, they needed to care about the work. They had to. The work involved hard work, manual labor, but the work needed care. It needed to be done right. There was no room here for sloppy work on this project because this wall, understand, was going to be their protection. It was going to be that which would kept their city secure, which is probably why, and this is just a, a testament to Nehemiah's leadership again, probably why Nehemiah, and as you read this chapter, you'll notice that he stationed a lot of people to build the wall next to their home. Like as you read through the chapter, you're going to notice there's a couple of different, there, there's several, I should say, people who it says, and they built the wall, they repaired the wall in front of their house, next to their house, along their house. And you have to think about Nehemiah. He was like, all right, where do you live? All right, you're building there. Where are you from? Okay, you go to that district. Where do you reside? Okay, that's where you're going to go and sure up that part of the wall. He knew that, hey, if you are caring about your family, you're caring about your residents, you're going to put care into that building project. 
If you care about your home, you're going to take a lot of care in shoring up that section of the wall. And that's indeed what we see there. We see that there was much care that was taken there as they built the wall. And all of these things that the work of the wall involved, so too does the work of God and what he's calling us into involve as well. It involves and necessitates understand everyone being involved in the work. And we discuss this consistently and constantly. And as long as, as I can, I will continue to say this, that all of us are included and called into the work of God. There is no one, no one, no one who's exempt from that. We are called, we are saved by the Lord and then called to serve the Lord called to work along with God and work together. That's why the body of Christ is referred to as a body. Multiple parts all working together to one whole goal of glorifying God. We are all called to be involved with the Lord. We are all called to work. And we also need to understand, be flexible in that, just in the same way that these guys did. I don't know if you're a perfumer or a goldsmith or whatever it is that you may do, but there are things, understand me, that God will call you to that are out of your comfort zone. He will call you as he seeks to use you out of something that will mess with your gig. God is all about doing that because he's kind of crazy. And that's okay. You see in the Bible, he's kind of crazy. And that's really fine because he's God. And he will call you to things that are bigger than you. He will call you to things that stretch you. He will call you to things that you're not necessarily looking for. I can think about my wife and I as we were finishing out our honeymoon. We went to the Dallas area to spend some wedding money to get things and we're sitting there in the, on 75, the Academy parking lot for some reason. Oh, I know what reason. We were lost. That's why we were sitting there. And we were like, where do we go from here? But anyways, we're sitting there. We're looking at the traffic. And my wife and I are talking. And we knew that God had wanted us to use us in ministry. And we're like, okay, this is going to be great. God's going to like do something. And, he, and we both said at the same time, but God's not going to have us involved in a church plant. That's just not what we're going to do. Also too, we're never going to move to the Metroplex because this place looks awful. This looks, oh, look at all these cars, all these people. This looks horrible. And then two months later, we're moving to the Metroplex to work on a church plant. And within that church plant, there were some things that God stretched us in, out of our comfort zone. For me, after we realized, okay, this is, this is what God's doing, we were excited about it, we're going over there, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, this is going to be great. Like, I've been working in Young Life, been part of the college ministry here at Cover Trouble Paris. Like, this is going to be so good going over here, going to find a bunch of guys and just disciple them and love on them, and it's just going to be awesome. And you know what the Lord did? He brought all girls he brought all girls to the youth group. And so my wife, well, she got stretched because my wife was like, high school kids are terrifying. Middle school kids are even more terrifying. And our little 800 square foot apartment, what we had were eight middle school girls that would come over to our house on a Tuesday night. And my wife would just pour into them and teach them to sew and just love on them in Jesus' name. And I would go anywhere else. And what the Lord did in that time was so amazing. He stretched both of us because what he showed me, which is out of my comfort zone, is that I just need to sit back and seek him and listen to him. And I'm not all that is awesome. And what my wife needed was to know that, hey, I'm going to use you in ways where you're going to be out in front. I'm going to use you in ways where you're going to have to speak and be out of your comfort zone and be flexible as I call you to be so. And the Lord is about doing that still today. And he wants to do that with you and with me still continually, because as we are stretched, so we grow. As we're stretched, we build in faith so as to walk to the next thing that God's going to call us to that's going to stretch us that way as well. And so flexibility was involved and necessitated there on the wall, also to a willingness to work. 
No matter who you are, or more appropriately, as we should say, no matter who you think you are, you need to be willing to work in the kingdom of God. You need to be willing to work in whatever way God calls you to do, whether it be teaching a Bible study or scrubbing the toilets, whether it be sweeping the parking lot and picking up cigarette butts, or it be standing up in front of people and sharing the, whatever it may be, a conversation with one-on-one person that may terrify you or just working in the background. You need to be willing to do whatever it is that God's called you to do. We need to be willing to work for the Lord. And like those on the wall, the work of God today necessitates and involves care. We are called to work with the Lord, the God of the universe. In the same way that these put so much care into their work, so too should we put care into how we work for the Lord. There should be no sloppy work. There should be no cutting corners. There should be no just moving and and, and trying to just get by with bare minimum when it comes to working with God. No, working for and with the Lord, we should just be sold out and going for it. You know, that's a challenge to me as, as, as the pastor here to make sure that I'm not cutting corners when it comes to studying the Bible, when it comes to preparing Bible studies. I want to spend the time so that I can come up here and not just wing it, not just say, hey, God, you know, these these names are hard, but hey, God's good, so we can go home. No, but come up here and say, hey, Lord, what's, what's the application? What's from here? What does the church need to hear and to know? Knowing that as I put the care in, man, he's faithful to speak and to lead us as we move forward. And it's the same for all of us. The work of God involves everyone, flexibility, willingness, and care. And it involves us being willing to work and to move forward. So we start by asking, and I want you to ask yourself today, are you involved in the work of God? Are you involved? Are you an active participant in the work of God? Are you being involved? Are you being flexible and obedient to how God's calling you? Are you willing to do whatever God wants you to do? And are you caring about the things that God has called you to do? Are you working? Are you moving for the Lord? Or are you like the Tekoites who are like, ah, no, I'm okay. I'm not going to put my shoulder to the work. And there are both within the church. There are both within every church. And so turning it on ourselves today, we must ask, are, are, are we involved in the work of God? And are we involved in a way that is willing and flexible and caring about what he has? The people on the wall were. And we're going to see that as we continue to move through the text, that they were involved. They were willing to work. And we're going to see them put the work in and see the job done. The job's going to be done. It's going to be an amazing thing. When you think of the scale of the work in which they were doing, moving the rubble and building the wall around some two miles of the city, they get done in 52 days. It's amazing work that they do. And it's because they were sold into it. And the same is true for us, that we, as we build and work in the kingdom of God, so too, if we put it into it, what God is requiring of us, then, hey, we're going to see God move and God work, and we're going to see progress. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that, that we see the example here in the text. And it's challenging for us as well to see whether or not we're moving in the same way. And so this week, I want to challenge you and challenge myself as well. That as God seeks to involve us in his work, to answer the question, are you involved in it? And answer it honestly and see how the Lord seeks to move you accordingly. And as you answer and ask that question over and over again this week, there's something to realize, something that the workers needed to realize as well as they were building. This is the last thing that we'll see today. That indeed it was a simple reality that they are working hard. And this work here that they're doing, again, you know, sometimes what we do 
with, 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 with working for the Lord, with ministry and anything, is we seek to say that it's, it's got to be all, again, spiritual. There's no, like, physical that goes into it. And I will tell you, I tell this to multiple guys who are like, I want to be in ministry. I'm like, 70% of ministry is moving furniture. That's just what you do. Tables and chairs, that's what, that's what you do. Tables and chairs. If you can flip open a table, if you can stack chairs, man, you're, you're, you're 70% of the way there when it comes to ministry. And as these guys and gals are here building this wall, and they were involved, and that involved several things, something that they needed to be aware of, something they needed to realize, was that though they were doing the hard work, though they were doing the grunt work, possibly you could say, that they were doing the work of God. That they were doing a work that God had called them to, had prepared them for, and was working with them in. And they needed to realize that. And my friends, today, as we read this, and I do encourage you to read this chapter and to see just the unity of these men and women working together on the wall sometime this week and find someone to talk about with it. See what sticks out to you about it. Realize that what the people needed to realize and the same thing that we need to realize is that no matter what we're doing, if we're doing it for God, that God is with you in it. And he's wanting to lead you through all of it through the stepping out and being involved in it in the first place. Whatever it may be that he's calling you to, the stepping out and being involved in it, hey, God's with you in that. The flexibility that you need to have because it's terrifying and it absolutely can be terrifying. Hey, you need to understand that God's gonna meet you there as well and give you what you need. He's going to equip you for what he's calling you to. Also too, do you need to know that you need to be willing and continually being willing? And that's oftentimes hard because as humans, we like our own gig. We like our own thing. We like our plan. We wake up some days and we're like, I don't feel like doing what the Lord of the universe wants me to do today. And that's just a reality because that's who we are as people. But we have to continually submit to the Lord every single day, our willingness to him to say, God, I'm here. I'm yours. Let's go. And then whatever he calls you to, putting the care into it, understanding that in all of those things, God is with you. And I mentioned the thing about them working hard on the wall because there may be things in your life where you think, this, is, this, this isn't ministry. This isn't working for the Lord. This is just my normal job. This is just my home life. This is just something that I do every day. It's mundane. No, understand, if you're a believer here, everything that you do, you are called to do is unto the Lord. Everything that you do, you're called to do is unto the Lord, working under him. And so your family, your job, your social life, that is a work that the Lord is wanting to lead you in and through that you need to be involved in, be flexible in, be willing to walk in and be caring about and knowing and realizing that God cares about you and is with you every step of the way. And the people on the wall, I believe, realize that. And I pray that we as a church would realize that that we as the church would realize that God is with us and he's wanting to, again, include us everywhere in the work that he has for us to do. And what that work is for you is different than it is for me. The guys on the wall, the gals on the wall, they were working in different parts. It required different things, different skill sets, different problem solving. The same with your life and my life. But yet we serve the same God and the same God is great and is with us and wanting to lead us every step of the way if we're willing to walk with him. And so I pray, church, today that as we see this group of people working together, rebuilding this wall, working hard, and we're going to see them continue to do that next week and the weeks after that, that we put ourselves into the same boat, put ourselves into their shoes and realize that as they were called to work, this work of God, so too are we. In the same way God was with them, 
He's with us as well. And we need to lead us and guide us no matter what you're doing for him. He wants to lead you and be with you. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful that our God is great enough to handle all of that. You know, this work right here is a big work. You have to imagine that they're probably on the wall at some points. Maybe the opposition's getting hotter on a certain day and they're just like, man, Lord, where, where are you? you know, are, are you big enough to handle this? And I know from the word of God, I know from the Bible that our God is great. And he's big enough. He was big enough to handle that work. And he's big enough to handle the work that he calls us to as well and to lead us every step of the way. So I pray that as we read and we see this, we are encouraged and excited and challenged to be involved and to know that the Lord is heavily involved with us. Let's pray.